just let it, let it, let it go. I don't know if you've ever felt like you needed to let something go before. Um, or if you've ever had someone that has offended you. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever had someone offend you before where you don't even know what you did and they're upset at you? Or you don't even, maybe you do know what you did. I don't know, right? Like, you, either you've offended someone or someone's offended you. Remember when I was um, new in youth ministry, I was working diligently with all those crazy little hellions, and um, they were running all around, and we were bussing them in from a bad neighborhood, and they were coming in, and we were ministering, and we were getting them pizza, and mountain. one time I gave them Mountain Dew right at the beginning of youth. I'm like, what was I thinking? They were running around, ripping things apart. And uh, I felt like I was doing a fantastic job, which I was, I must say. I was doing a great job. And a beloved saint came up to me and said, you know what? When you become a real pastor, I was like, well, like I, I, I don't know. Offense. Exactly. Thank you. Um, I am a real pastor. Please. Yes. Okay. So I have, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Um, another time I was working at the library I once worked at the library. I seem like a librarian, don't I? I'm very professional and very, very sophisticated, right, love? And yes, and very. And I was working in the library, and uh, there's this lady who I was being very nice to. I thought, I, I thought she loved me, and I thought I loved her. And um, I was sitting down, and she was sitting down behind me. There was like a pole separating us. And uh, she went to get up and do something. I got up, and I I looked over and I looked at her. I just happened, I wasn't, I wasn't like spying on her, but I happened to look at her computer and she said, I just hate this work-study student. And somehow I had offended her. I had no idea that I had offended her. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, like what's that? So I don't know if, if, if you've ever had moments where um, you've been offended. And um, man, I know I have been offended many times. And um, it's it's one of those things that's, It's interesting, because when you actually look at Scripture, why don't you open your Bibles real quick? Look to your neighbor and say, let it go. Let it go, let it go. When you you go and you look at the Bible, take a look at this in Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be reading verses um, 3 through um, 13, actually. Um, But I'm just going to start out with the first nine verses, and then we're going to kind of delve in a little bit deeper. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. It's getting closer to his... uh, It's getting closer to his departure. He's talking to his disciples, and um, he's telling them all sorts of things, and, and, and it says, now he sat at the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be, and what will be a sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So what's, what's going to be a sign of like when you're going to return? Like we know you've been talking that you're going to leave, but what's going to be a sign of your return of the, of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them and said, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many, many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are just the beginnings of sorrows. Now, I think we can look around. We can see the beginning of sorrows right now, right? Like we can see all these things happening right now. And then they will deliver you up to, be tribula- uh, to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated 
by all nations for my sake. And this is kind of where we're going to jump in a little bit closer this morning. In verse 10, it says, And then many will be offended. And then many will be offended. Offended. Many, you look at the Greek word there, it actually means the, the majority. The majority of people will be offended. I mean, I'm sure you realize that we don't live in a perfect world and we live in a kind of a crazy time, in a time of offense. Like, I'm offended, you're offended, I'm offended that you're offended, and you're offended that I'm offended, and you're offended that I'm offended, that you're offended that I'm offended. Many, many, the majority will be offended. And the word there for offended is scandalon. Look to your neighbor and say scandalon. Scandalon, it means uh, many will be trapped. You think about a trap for an animal? Many will be, that word means trapped, like a snare. Many will be ensnared. Many will be, many will be, um, Caught. Do uh, 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 you see this word scandalon also used as a as 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 a word for a stumbling block? You know, it's like like you're walking and you stumble over something. Many, the majority, will be offended. They will be trapped. They will they, they will find a stumbling block, and it's going to cause them harm. And and, and the offense will and, and the offense. If you look there, many and it'll lead to betrayal and the hatred of one another. So many, the majority, will be offended, will be scandal, and, and it's going to lead to betrayal and hatred of one another. And then if you keep on reading, it says, and many, the majority, false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Offense is a breeding ground for deception. It's, it's, it's interesting because if you look at the next verse, it says, it says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love, now you look at that word love there, you might think that that's a worldly type of love, but it's actually the word agape, which is actually a, a, like a God type love. So it's, it's not talking about, Jesus isn't talking about things that are going to be happening in the world here, but he's actually talking about things that are going to be happening in the church, which is wild, isn't it? So you read these things, oh, wow, wow, okay, like many are going to be deceived, and many are going to be offended, false prophets and deception and betrayal and hatred and the love of God. He's talking about things that are going to be happening in the church at the end of the age, which is, ah, many. The majority will be offended. And false, false prophets come in a lot of different people that lead, uh, lead uh, people into deception, come in a lot of different shapes and forms. False prophets sometimes are behind the pew. I mean, sometimes they're behind the pulpit, and sometimes they're in the pew, which is hard to wrap your mind around. In fact, in Scripture it says that the wolves come, they don't come in the shepherd's clothing, but it says that the wolves come in the sheep's clothing. And a lot of times what they'll do is they will try to pull you, and they will try to isolate you, and they will try to get you away from the rest of the sheep so that you can be offended. Offense. And because lawlessness, not submitting to the authority of God, will abound, the love, the agape of the church 
will grow cold. So because of offense, our love as a, as a church with a big C, maybe even with a little C, will grow cold. Because false prophets will come in. Again, this is kind of a, I'm, I'm setting you up for something here, okay? And again, this is kind of a message. I'm preaching to myself, but I'm preaching to you because we know, again, that, 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 that this is a sign of the times. This is a sign of something that's going to happen. But I'm kind of setting you up for something, okay? But really, I believe that there are, now that I've hopefully properly exegeted the scripture, um, I think that there are... Um, it's, it's interesting when you think about offense. I think that there are, there are two types of people. There are those that have been mistreated. Has anyone been mistreated before? Oh, my goodness. There are those who have been mistreated. The crazy librarian lady. The lady at the church who said that I wasn't a real pastor. Whatever. Like, like there are people that have been mistreated. I have been mistreated. Has anyone else been mistreated? Yes, a few of you. Yes, yes a few. Okay. We've all been mistreated. All of us have had offense. But there are also those who think that they have been mistreated. And maybe there's a little bit of a difference. And so the question is, the question is do you have the right to be offended when someone has mistreated you? You know, you just don't realize what they did to me. You just don't realize the hurt that they caused me. You just don't realize the things that they said. You just don't realize the things that they did. You just don't realize the, the, the heartache. You just don't realize the pain. You don't realize how much I've thought about it. You don't realize what my parents said. You don't realize what my, my, my kids said to me. You don't realize what my pastor said to me. You don't realize what my uncle said to me. You don't understand what my aunt said to me. You don't understand what my, yeah, you, you just don't understand the way that I've been mistreated. You know, they've done things, they've said things that they just can't take back. It's like when you, when you, when you rip open a pillow and throw the feathers out and they let them scatter and you go try to, you just can't get back all the feathers. You, you might try, but you just, you don't understand the hurt and the sorrow and the pain. Like, 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 like I, I, I just, I'm offended and I'm hurt. And I am not sure if I'm going to be okay for a long time. Many years ago, I'm speaking from experience now, okay? Many years ago, I was but a young lad. No, many years ago, um, I was serving with um, someone in ministry. And um, I'm not going to go into great detail, but I'll say that I was very offended. Um, This person said things that were inappropriate. He said things that were inappropriate to me. He said things that were inappropriate to my wife. He said things that were inappropriate about my kid. He said things that were just terrible, like he would just do things that were just insane. And he would, uh, he'd yell at me, and I just, like, I, I, it was really hard for me. Especially when you think that this person is supposed to be a spiritual father to you in some ways, and, and yet you're going to them for, for help and guidance, and, and you go to them, and you, that, that's not what you're getting at all. And so um, we stayed at the spot for a, a certain amount of time, and then we just felt led by the Lord that it was time for us to leave. 
And I remember going and talking to him and telling him that we were leaving. And um, there was an immense peace. Have you ever made the right decision before? And you go and you make the decision, and you have this peace that just surpasses all. Like, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know, I didn't know anything. But I knew that I wasn't supposed to be where I was supposed to be. And so I just, I just stepped out in faith, and I, 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 we left, and um, um, we, 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 we left, and we went somewhere else. And um, I thought that that would be the end of it. I thought that since I separated myself from this person, that that would just be the end of my offense. And what I found out was that physical separation doesn't necessarily equal spiritual healing, you know? Physical separation does not mean spiritual healing. And... um, I was depressed. Again, I'm talking from my heart this morning. Hopefully that's okay. I was depressed, and so I started reading books about, like, failing forward. and st- I started reading all sorts of stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to start reading and make myself, make myself feel better. And um, I just buried my offense in my work. And I thought, if I just work harder, my offense will disappear. And um, so I just started working harder, started doing more things, started, started, started doing things. And I realized that my hurt was hurting other people. And I realized that my offense, because I hadn't taken care of it, was coming out in my ministry. And even though I thought that I had hidden it, I was someone that had scars, you know? And um, as I was... I was reading, um, I was reading through the Bible, and this was a few years ago. I was reading through the Bible, and I came across this passage of Scripture where God just really opened my eyes. And um, it's actually found in Matthew chapter 18. You you can go there if you want the, if you want to, but it's a story where um, Peter came to Jesus, and he said to Jesus, Jesus. Because Jesus is talking about forgiveness. Like, Jesus in the chapter, actually, he starts with, um, like, if someone sins against you and, like, what you're supposed to do. And then Peter goes to Jesus. And I I guess I kind of resonated with that because I'm like, yeah, I feel like this person has sinned against me. This person has done wrong to me. And so um, so I started started reading through the passage, and I got to this parallel. So, 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 So Peter comes to Jesus, and he says, Jesus... And maybe Peter was dealing with unforgiveness. I'm thinking maybe he was. Or maybe Peter was dealing with offense. I'm thinking maybe he was. But he goes to, he goes to, he goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, he's like, how many times should I forgive my brother? He said, should I forgive him seven times? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You, 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 not seven times. But he said, you should forgive your brother seven times, 70 times. In other words, you, you, should, forgive, you should forgive him like forever. And then, so I'm reading that, I'm like, okay, okay. And then, then Jesus being the, the, the God-man that he is, he tells this story, and he says, there was a, a king who had a kingdom. And in this kingdom, the king had a servant. And the servant owed him 10,000 talents. Now, you might say that's not a very big deal, but 
one talent, theologians speculate, is worth 20 years of wages. So if someone owes you 10,000 talents, that means that they would owe you 200,000 years worth of wages. Like, I don't know what this guy was doing, but he was spending a lot of money. Does anyone know people that like to spend money? Praise the Lord. He was spending a lot of money, and he was in debt up to his ankle. He couldn't even see that. I mean, he had to work 200,000 years to pay off his debt. I mean, you think about this. This is insane. This is incredibly insane. This guy owed a debt that could never be repaid. Even if he lived, you know, a thousand lifetimes, he could never pay off this debt. I've seen people that are in some incredible debt at the bank. I look at them. I'm like, praise the Lord. God bless you. I can't help you. But, but, but 200,000 years worth of debt. This guy owed an incredible amount of debt. So he goes to the king. He's like, hey, and the king's like, hey, I, I need you to pay me back. And he's like, I can't pay you back. He's like, okay, well, 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 the king's like, well, then I need to have everything that you have. Since you can't pay me this debt, since you owe me this huge debt, I'm going to have your wife. I'm going to have your kids. I'm going to have your possessions. I'm going to have your dog. I'm going to have your cat. I'm going to have your parrot. I'm going to have everything that you own. You're going to give me everything that you own. And even after that, you're not, you can't give me enough to pay off the debt. Even after that, I'm going to put you in prison until, until I can succeed until you can successfully pay off this debt. Like, it's kind of a crazy story. And it says that the, the servant was like, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, like, I, I, like, please have compassion and please have mercy on me. Like, I, I, I can't pay this back. And amazingly, it says that the king had compassion on the servant and forgave him his debt. Could you imagine going to the bank and you say, hey, listen, I know that I owe $200,000 on my house and I just can't pay it. And they're like, okay, cool. And they just signed off the debt on your house and you didn't have to pay for it anymore. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, amen. Praise the Lord. Now imagine that multiplied by like 2 million. Imagine you're in debt by like $5 trillion and you could never, ever repay the debt. You've been spending all of your money on frivolous things. You've been spending all your money on crazy things. You've been borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. And you have a huge amount of debt that you could never pay back. And you go to the bank and the bank says, hey, that's cool. And they forgive you your debt. You know, in scripture, it says that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. And scripture says that our, like we deserve death because of the way that we've been living. And thankfully, the King of kings and the Lord of lords has forgiven us our debt. Amen? It says that the servants, after he had been forgiven his debt, it says that one of his fellow servants came up to him and who owed him a hundred denarii. A denarii was worth about a day's wages. So he still owed him some. He still, he still owed him about three months worth of wages. But it wasn't an incredible amount. If someone took three months worth of my wages, I'd be upset. If some, someone took three months worth of my emotions, I would be upset, wouldn't you? If someone took three months of my my, of my, my, my hard work. I, I'd be upset. I'd be mad. But it says that the same servant went to, 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 went to his fellow servant and said, hey, would you forgive me of these 100 denarii? And it said, it said that the servant who had been forgiven reached out and grabbed him by the neck and began to choke him. When the king heard of this, took the other servant he'd forgiven and threw him in prison. And then this is what, this is what 
This is how Jesus explains the parable in verse 35. He said, So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you from his heart if he does not forgive his brother his trespasses. You know, again, I was going through some stuff. I started reading this, and uh, God began to work on my heart. (laughs) And I realized, I don't know, like sometimes... I feel like it's almost like a process. Like first, it first it like starts with God prodding at your heart a little bit, and you know it's almost like when your kid, it's almost like when someone's bugging you about something, and you're just like, no, 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 no. Like you know it's there, but you just don't want to deal with it. And um, I, st- I kept on pushing it away. I kept on pushing it away. And the more I studied the scripture, the more the Lord just kept on bringing up. the idea of, of his forgiveness and, and how I had to forgive. So the Lord started changing my perspective. And um, I felt the Lord nudging on me that, that I needed to start praying for him. And um, my prayer first started out as God I just pray for him. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> then I said, God, please forgive that wretched sinner. Amen. God, if you could just send a cement truck. No, no, God, 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 if you could just, God, if you could just. <sighs> I started praying. And I found that as I began to focus on prayer and, man, God began to change my perspective. You know, in in Scripture it says that, um, it says if you confess your trespasses, if you confess your sins to one another and pray pray for one another, you can find healing. And I know it was just one way, but the more I began to pray for him, the more I felt like God was bringing healing into my life, and he was transforming the way that I was viewing of him. And eventually I found myself praying for him and praying for his ministry and uh, just really praying and praying and and, and allowing God to to wash my mind through, through the word and to be transformed through his word and focusing on his stuff through his word and and, and the more, the more and more I've, I've really felt like, man, I'm, I feel like I'm starting to, to get over this the more I'm praying about it, the more I'm lifting it up to God and presenting it to God and giving it to God and, and going after it with God. And I, I really felt like God was changing my perspective. He was changing my prayer for this person. God was changing my, my heart. He was transforming my heart. Like I, I had a heart of stone that he was slowly changing and transforming. And so I guess I want to encourage you today, like maybe you've had someone that's mistreated you, or maybe you've had someone that has offended you. Maybe you've had someone that's done things that aren't right to you. Maybe you had someone that's, that's been abusive to you. I want to encourage you to go to the Lord for that person in prayer and allow God to slowly change and transform your heart from the inside out. You know, the other thing which I, which I did is 
man, it was probably a few years ago now, is, um, you know, because if, if you look at Matthew chapter 18, it actually kind of lays out the, um, the guidelines for, like, if someone has sinned against you. And one of the things that it says earlier in 18 is it says, if your brother has sis- or sister has sinned against you, go to them and talk to them privately. And so this person lives far away, so I knew that I couldn't go and talk to them privately, so I decided that I was going to write him um, a note and send it to him online. And um, in my mind, I felt like I had already moved on, and I had already, like, the Lord had ministered, and I felt like my heart was changed. And uh, (laughs) so I go, and I go to uh, start typing the letter, and um, I started sweating bullets. <laughs> I'm typing, I'm typing, and I go to press enter, and I couldn't do it. I'm sweating bullets. I go and I talk to Aaron. I'm like, Aaron, I don't know why I can't do this. I don't know why I can't send. I'm not even seeing him necessarily face to face. I'm going, I'm typing it up. It, and, and, and the letter is, is really, I mean, I'm just confessing my sins to him. I'm not confessing his sins to me, so I'm not going to him and saying, you're a jerk, and I hate you, and everything else. But I'm going to him, and I'm just confessing my sins to him. I'm like, hey, listen, I just want to bless you on a I want to bless your ministry. I want to bless, you know, I, like I thank you for the time that you spent with me. With me. I want to apologize for leaving, um, maybe not in a godly way. I'm like, I'm just confessing my sins to him. I think sometimes when we go and we talk to people, we try to confess, confess their sins to us. Like we're like, hey, like, like you messed up, you, you, you're, 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 a, you're a creep, blah, blah, blah. But I just confessed my sins to him. And, and I, go, I go to press center and I, I can't do it. I'm like, Aaron, uh, uh, But there's something about offense where it seems like we want to tell everyone else except the person that we offended. You know what I'm talking about? Like we want to tell everyone else. We, 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 want, to, we want to tell everyone else about Cassandra. We want to tell everyone else about how we don't like uh, the song Waymaker and how it's so annoying, and every time you hear it, it's just blah, 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 I wish I was singing in a different key, and I wish blah, 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 blah. offense, 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 or, 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 or we just want to tell every, everyone about, about Stephen's bad haircut, and how it just annoys you, and you have to sit behind him, and you have to see it, and you just want to tell everyone about his terrible haircut. It's a great haircut. Praise the Lord. Let's give him a hand. Yeah, it's a great haircut, but there's something about offense where you just want to tell everyone else except the person that's offended you. And sometimes we can disguise it. Sometimes we can disguise it well. We can say, you know what, I'm, I need to go and I need to find uh, someone to pray over this situation. So I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to Dean about it because Dean and I, we think alike and, you know, whatever. And so I go and I talk to him and I'm like, can you believe that Stephen has that haircut? Isn't that so, uh, you know, I, I, maybe we should pray for him that we can find it. He needs a better barber, Right. You'll fix it, right? Okay, whatever. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Offense. Offense. It's like, oh my goodness. Let's, yeah, let's let's, let's cut his hair next week. Yes. Okay. Um, What was I talking about? Okay. All right, all right. (laughs) But scripturally, biblically, my responsibility in this situation was to go to the person that offended me. And I spent about eight years going to everyone else telling everyone else about how terrible it was, telling everyone else about how much I had been offended, or scripturally what I was supposed to do 
as I was supposed to go directly to the person that I've offended. And you know what's wild is when we go to other people, what happens is we encamp other people in our camp. And what happens too is we end up getting other people to think the same way that we do. So now that I've talked about Stephen's haircut, everyone after service is going to be looking at Stephen's hair. And he has a great haircut, but people might be thinking, you know what? Maybe Evan's right. Maybe Stephen does need a better haircut. When I look at the side of it, man, it does look kind of jacked up, doesn't it? Where before it would have been something that you would have never noticed. Offense. Offense. Now, it's difficult because in Proverbs it says that a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. But through the power of God, through the power of prayer, through the power of being transparent, I sent the letter. I sent the note. And he got back to me short, shortly with a short answer that I was, <laughs> like, the healing, I think the letter was for me more than it was for him. He came back with a short answer. And then later, a couple weeks later, I got another message from him asking me how the ministry was going, asking me how things were going, uh, telling, telling me that he was praying for me. And I realized that um, there's something powerful about the confession of our sins to one another. And there's something very powerful about us praying for each other. You know, the cross of, the cross of Jesus, it goes two ways when you think about it. It goes up and down, and, and that's really about our relationship with God. Like when Jesus came, he, he bridged the gap. He made us in correct relationship with the Father. But also it goes side by side. And God also came to reconcile our relationships with one another. A lot of times we think about the reconciliation up and down, but he also reconciled our relationships with each other. You know, I think that's why in Scripture we can see why uh, there's such an emphasis on unity because you can see it over and over and over again. You look, in fact, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, it says that all the believers were together and were in one accord. And when that happened, revival happened. The church is messy, right? We have different people with different person. I mean, we have a small church, and even a small church can be messy. I mean, we got this guy up here with this crazy haircut. We have a girl singing Waymaker. I mean, church can be messy, right? Family can be, family can be messy. But God has called us for a time such as this. And this is what he says about unity in Psalms chapter 133. Check this out. He said, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head 
running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. It's there where God has his blessing for the church and for his people. See, that, see, see, God wants to bring everything together and the enemy wants to break everything apart. Why don't you guys bow your heads with me real quick? Actually, before you bow your heads, grab a postcard. I put a postcard at the edge of each of the, at each of the um, pews. Grab a postcard. And now what I want you to do, now that you grabbed a postcard, is bow your heads. You know, it says that in the end of the, at the end of the at the end of the age, in the last days, there'll be famines, there'll be earthquakes, there will be pestilences, there'll be false prophets, many will be deceived, but it also says that many will be offended. Now some of you here this morning have been I'm just going to believe, because it says the majority in Scripture, <laughs> I'm going to believe that many of you here this morning have been offended. And more than likely, that offense is someone's name. It's someone who said something to you. It's someone that did something to you. It's someone that uh, hurt your feelings. It's someone, maybe you even decided that you're going to sever the relationship. Someone that you've, uh, someone that's hurt you. Someone that's done things that is not right, that's not proper. And what I want you to do right now is I want you to, you can, I want you to write their name on the post, post, on the, on the post-it note. And if you're like me, it even hurt, hurts to write the name down. It might be a friend. It might be your pastor. <laughs> Hopefully not. It might be um, a family member. It might be a coworker. It might be a spouse. For some of you, your, your, your love has grown cold. You thought that you took care of it. You thought that it was resolved. You thought that it was over with. And um, maybe you're like me. You tried to distance yourself from it, and you've just never dealt with it. And I guess I want to just encourage you this morning that, that God... See, the enemy wants to keep everything hidden. The enemy wants you to hide everything. He wants you to bury everything. He wants, you, he, he wants you to be hurt because hurt people hurt other people. He wants you to be hurt. He wants to separate you. He wants to take you away from the sheep. He wants to take you away from the flock. He, like, like, like hurt people hurt people. But I think as I was preparing this message, I really feel like the Lord, for some of you, the step might simply be he wants you to start praying for them. You might not be at the spot yet where you need to confront them, but I think maybe that might be something down the road. 
But for some of you today, you just might need to start praying for them because your heart might not be at the right spot quite yet. Because I, I think once you start praying for them, God's going to start giving you a heavenly perspective and you're going to start realizing that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords forgave you. And so the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords can forgive them. And the, Lord, and the Lord will probably start letting you realize that you are both image bearers of the, of the Lord. And so, but for some of you, it might just be, hey, I need to just start praying for this person. For some of you, it might actually mean you've already been praying and you feel like you might need to take that next step and talk to them.